0: So be, be, na, 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 big you, you are
1: now Listen listening to the Hyrule Podcasters! <laughs> rumble,
2: rumble. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode
0: of Hyrule Pod caster i'm your co-host ben and i'm your co-host pat and this week
2: we're bringing you something very special one of our side quest episodes side quest we'll be having a discussion with the brothers from the sacred, sacred realms,
0: realms podcast,
3: podcast. Y- 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 welcome how y'all doing how's it going guys Hey guys, how you doing? Great.
2: Yeah, we're doing real good. great. Now, one thing we just thought we'd get here off the top uh, is just pronunciations of your names, so that way I don't butcher <laughs> them for the entirety of the
1: show.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I'm sure that well, you've probably listened to at least all of the Ocarina season, right? You would think, but you know, I'm just a very uh, conscious person but, at this point. <laughs> Yeah, at this point after our last interview. I, I rea- So, I, how do you two pronounce your names?
3: <laughs> well, uh so his is real hard, M A T T. Um that's 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 Matt, right? Not a lot of people pronounce it that way, it's, but it's he,
1: not Mott. It's it's Matt. Yeah, it's yeah. the normal way. <laughs> oh, I
3: was going to go Matt. with Matt. I'm glad Matt. I'm glad Matt. we cleared that up. <laughs> glad we're all there. <laughs> and I and I would be Lyndon as in El Presidente Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh, were you named after LBJ? Absolutely not. Okay, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. I didn't see that. No, I, I didn't see that no idea. I've, a, I, You know, I've asked the parents several times where that really came from, and I don't think that I've gotten a satisfactory answer. So your guess is as good as mine, guys. Got it, got it. Cool. Uh, let's just make some stuff up.
0: I like it. Hey, go for it. All right. So while I'm coming up with origin stories for your names, Ben. What are we talking to Matt and Lyndon about today?
2: A bunch of things, including Zelda, Ocarina of Time, starting a podcast, and how they seem to book such awesome guests uh, on their shows all the time, which is something we're oh. uh, particularly interested in.
0: <laughs> the secrets of the industry. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. We're brothers. Two, two sets of brothers. That do yep. video game podcasts. Are you guys Rick and Morty
1: fans? Ooh, of course. Uh yes. I've watched that. Yeah, it all. so your your two brothers, your two brothers thing that you're just doing. Two brothers! Yes. Oh, that's all I could think of that entire time you're saying that. I was like, <laughs> I it's know, two I brothers. Know. Every time I and say they're it doing a thing, <laughs> and there are aliens. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> clearly just making oh, it up absolutely. as they go Love along.
3: It. Love it. <laughs> no, so so I was asking, just <laughs> out of curiosity, how long have you guys been doing your show? So we are coming up on what would be considered,
2: I think, about the year anniversary of the
0: idea of the show. Mm-hmm. And And then then, we recorded for a while before I even tried to edit the episodes. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I should have tried to edit the episodes before we recorded two games.
2: Yeah. Anyway. We made um, some mistakes in that early part in terms of like, we're like, oh, we're going to get really far ahead. Uh, And then that turned into be a huge mistake because it was like, oh, the audio is terrible and we
0: have to redo everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so we got to play some uh, we still haven't told the audience the whole story about it. Yeah, that. we but will at
1: some
2: point. Yeah,
0: it's been it, about a year that we've been doing it, and it's been what March
3: eight months since we've been putting them out.
2: Yeah, March fourteenth uh, is when our inaugural Seven episode months. dropped. Wait, which
3: is crazy because our inaugural episode dropped, I believe, in late March. I, I'm pretty it, it was it was springtime as well so there must have been like something in the something in the air you know wow. like there was probably lit was it the, was it last year yeah yeah it was so Matt and I started talking about this in in like around Christmas time of 20 and then what will you show that to me again Matt yeah mm-hmm. yeah our it looks like our first episode went live on April 7th April 7th so oh yeah I just pulled it up in my podcast catcher. Yeah. Wow. April yeah.
0: I mean, to be fair, there literally was something in the air. It called COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, not to not to dance around it anymore. Let's just go for it. I feel like Ben, ben called me like, hey, let's do this thing because, you know, it's a way to connect and have fun. During a very
3: isolated time,
1: and we're both going stir crazy, and need to talk to somebody, and like generally do something fun with our yeah, lives.
3: Yeah. Well, and not only just somebody, but yep. somebody who is most likely within your right. bubble, you know. Yeah, exactly. AKA right. A relative. Right.
1: You know, that was one thing I was
2: noticing looking at your like looking over the um, uh, the podcast and the catcher is that I mean, you all have pushed an episode, I think an episode a week. Since that time,
3: we have been every wow. Wednesday since March 7th or April 7th. April 7th. Oh, yep. my. Yeah.
0: Gosh,
1: we, we took breaks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, I need I need a couple weeks to gather well, to be fair, myself.
1: To be fair, our Link's Awakening season was more or less a break. So what we ended up doing for Link's Awakening, because that was when uh, Lyndon's wife was about to have uh, the baby was. We oh, did a lot oh, of yeah. pre recording. So we would do two or even three episodes right. a week. So we recorded oh, nice. all of Link's Awakening in the span of three or four weeks. And that was like eight episodes. Yeah. And recorded all of it. And then we had like a six week break when Lyndon was dealing with baby and all that stuff that he was still doing the editing and then publishing on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But we had already done all the recording work. So it was just, Got it there was a little bit of a break. But yeah. You know,
0: I just listened to the Catfish's Maw episode and there's a
3: lot of maybe might come out anytime now going on around oh, that yeah. time, I think. <sighs> Which is funny because mm-hmm. I think that episode actually aired the week after Baby had really arrived, but it had been recorded <laughs> like four weeks in advance. So that was, that was definitely yeah, surreal for me, like pushing yeah, those and, episodes And you're out, like,
0: yeah. this... Might you know? I might have
3: a child right now, but I don't know. Back to the video game, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But it all worked out. We got it done, and then um, I don't know. That's a great season. Yeah. Now, thank you. I appreciate it. That one was a lot of fun. Um, then, of course, so we've been consistent ever since that. But w- one of the things Matt and I always talk about is that at, w- at some point we're going to um, we're going to do Breath of the Wild Ooh. and. W- Whenever we, whenever we come around to that, we're just going to have to tackle it so much differently than we do And yeah, because yeah, it's just such a different game. And so when that happens, Absolutely. I think we're going to take like a several month hiatus. And, uh, yeah. because, because it's a lot of that is just playing the game, right? Like, uh, breath of the wild is not a game that we want to like rush through week over week over week. Right. Um, yeah for sure so yeah we would take like a a several month hiatus and then record as we hit milestones throughout that time and then kind of come back swinging with like a hey hope you enjoyed our time off here's like you know sacred realms back at it with breath of the wild so don't yeah. know exactly when we're going to do that but it will happen at some point
2: are you going to let people vote on breath of the wild anytime soon or are you going to kind of keep that in your back pocket
3: we are so sorry sorry to our patreons or to our yeah to our patrons <laughs> um we actually whenever we decide that breath of the wild is like it's time to do that uh we're kind of just gonna <laughs> the voting is gonna get taken out the Got equation it. a bit we're just going like, Hey guys, I know we usually let y'all vote on this thing, but like, ooh, this is the time, you know, like we got to do this now, right? We yeah. need to do right.
1: this before breath yeah. of the wild two comes out. And, uh, we got to like take right. a hot minute to do it. Cause so that's, that's,
3: that's the other thing. And that's hard. Cause it's like, who even knows when breath of the wild two is coming out exactly at this point. But the <laughs> last, right, right. the last thing I want to be doing is playing breath of the wild and breath of the wild two at the same time. So yeah. Yeah.
2: I think P- Patrick and I probably have that in our future. Because, I mean, to, to not play that game when everybody is playing that game is kind of like, well, do you want to be a business or yeah. do you not want to be a business?
0: Like, Well, you know, and that's <laughs> that's why we're playing Ocarina right now. We were supposed to do Link's Awakening next, and um, we'd flush this out some more on some other episodes. But it was like, hey, everybody's about to be playing Ocarina. Let's play it with them. And I had to put my favorite Zelda game on the back burner. Luckily, I've been listening to you guys play it, so that's fun.
1: Well, hey, I'm glad you've enjoyed Living this. I'm glad you enjoyed it because <laughs> yeah. uh, that was that was really. So when Linda and I really started talking about doing the podcast, and we knew we wanted to do you know, the format that we're doing to, to play an episode or play a game and just kind of review it bit by bit, we we really kind of struggled with where to start that journey. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's it was hard not because we didn't know what we wanted to play, but because we wanted to play all of them, and also you have you have, right, a, right. You have to have sure, a, conversation of do you want us to do, do it chronologically do you want to do how do you want to do it like do just 3d just 2d blah, blah 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 and so that's through those conversations is where we started out with like i think it would be really great just from a popularity standpoint the most people would be interested in ocarina of time just because it's right. the most popular zelda game and that's how we kind of got onto well then where do we go from there like what game do we play next and that's where we got the idea to let our patrons vote and so it's kind of like that's a good Brilliant. way for community engagement and a good way to keep everyone yeah. involved and for them to feel like oh i have some kind of say in what's going on with this podcast that i like and so it, it kind of all stemmed from that conversation so yeah that's it a, a great fun. way to
0: just shirk all responsibility for decision making too <laughs> also
1: true i love
3: it <laughs> <laughs> well no, it that's a really like good idea no it's not like there was no risk, right? I mean, they could have very, sure. like, if we had a bunch of jerk patrons, they could have very easily, like, <laughs> voted, like, Zelda 2 as the first uh, thing we play, right? It's like, oh, uh, no. But that but, would have been yeah. awful. They, it turns out they have better taste I'm, than that. I'm actually. They, they yeah.
1: actually want us to enjoy <laughs> the game that we play. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I've actually been, I, I've been real disappointed, like, hearing the week to week that, you know, I was like, oh, as, as a link to the past, you know, has been creeping into the conversation more and more with, you know, you all, and you'll always know how the. Voting has been going. Uh, I got real disappointed because I was like, "Oh, just like if they, if someone would have pushed one or two on you, I, I, it would have been enjoyable to hear the pain in your voices as you." have. <laughs> ah, That's <laughs> why you like that game because you like that it hurts. I have um uh, the adventure of Link currently ranked uh, above the original Legend of Zelda in our uh, uh, in our playthroughs. Uh, it's just different. Ooh, it's different. It's fun. You know, I don't know. I mean, there are like two came. Game I respect mechanics. your decision. Thank you. There are two game mechanics in that game that are frustrating, and it primarily has to do with specifically like how you have to attack certain enemies, and how there are just some things that are hidden on random tiles. But outside of that, I think it's a really great game. But that's for a different that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, one wow. thing. Wow. One, one just thing. Just gonna that, leave it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that I did notice, speaking of your speaking of your Patreon, is you all do a really cool like um, a trading card concept i was just wondering if you might flush that out or chat a little bit more about kind of what that is
3: so i'm I'm a, I'm a graphic designer and digital illustrator by trade. Um, before I was ever doing podcasting, um, I was doing graphic design as my day job. And as a side hustle, I do, uh, posters for a few different of the big, uh, pop culture art galleries. And that was mostly like movie and TV based and every now and again, it would be game themed. But, um, so when we, we started doing the podcast and we knew that we were going to have a Patreon associated with it, I was trying to think of benefits that would, um, be interesting for people you know who were in that it's like what would be a really cool thing that's unique that nobody else really has and so i got the idea because at the time i was kind of clearing some stuff out of my closet and i found my old binder of pokemon cards and i was thinking to myself man it would be just so cool if i found a way to do zelda themed trading cards for the podcast and they would be kind of correspond to the games we were playing at the time and it turned out that there's like a site Um, I I did like five minutes of research told me that there's a site that I guess everyone who makes bootleg magic, the gathering cards goes to, (laughs) um, yeah. And it's not that expensive at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where that stemmed from. And honestly, I think the people who are in our Patreon for the most part. Most of them are all in uh, in there for those trading cards. Um, I would say uh, they're all at that kind of. Oh, sick! Yeah, so we got a we got a loyal group of people who like to get those every month. And uh, um, Matt and I unfortunately got a little behind on the <laughs> on the latest batch, but finally got through those, and we're back on track now. But yeah, I mean, those are a, a lot of fun to do. Just like artistically, it's it's an interesting challenge to kind of come up with a new one every month.
0: Yeah, they're wonderful. I really like the green one that has the the island coming out of the screen with the egg on top oh thank you
2: yeah I really
0: like the, um, the Majora's
2: Mask poster uh, I was way too late in listening to you
3: all I really feel like to have delved in here to find those but man it's so cool <laughs> Very cool stuff. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I actually, I made that one because I had done a seven poster series uh, last year um, and it, it was like my seven favorite games in the Zelda series. And um, mm. and so, I, but like I already had, the, the deal was I was not repeating any, because they were all controller based, like that Majora's Mask poster. The, it was all a setting on top of whatever controller that game was played on. And I didn't want to repeat controllers within the series, and I had Ocarina of Time, so I didn't want to do Majora's right. Mask because it was like, oh, well, then I'm repeating one controller and none of the others. It would have been weird. Um, but enough time went by, and I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do Majora's Mask, and if it's like a problem for anybody, then <laughs> I guess don't buy it. But I really want to make this, this poster. <laughs> so yeah. You know, sometimes you just got to go with your heart. And I'm
0: happy that I did. I'm really proud of that piece.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a really nice piece. Really nice piece.
0: Yeah, I I design our logos, but I am not by any means a graphic designer by trade. I've always had a thing for visual art, but I went the music route instead. And it meant that I got to design my album covers and posters for live shows that I threw, which I did which I've done a lot of.
3: Well, you're kind of the opposite of me then, because I um I was always interested in music. Uh, mm. but kind of was, it was more of a visual designer by profession. And so getting into podcasting, right. It was one of those things where it was yeah, like yeah. kind of just stumbling around in the dark, trying to figure out the whole audio <laughs> editing of everything, yeah. like just highly amateur, you know? And, uh, it sounds I, good. I, think... I
0: mean, <laughs> it does. You do a good job with it.
3: Well, thank you. There was a whole lot of like pain and anguish uh, wrapped up in (laughs) trying to make it
1: sound good the first time. Put your
3: blood,
0: sweat, and tears into it. And I
1: I mean, hey, you gave
0: it your best.
1: I'll tell him, and I don't compliment him often. If you guys, as you guys are listeners of the show, know, (laughs) I don't compliment him often, but he's done a very good job on the audio editing. So, uh, you know, pick that up quickly. Well done, Lyndon.
0: Good job, Lyndon. Yeah, there's such a wide range of audio quality in something like podcasting because it's an approachable forum you know for anyone who can talk and has a microphone which we all do at this point um and from the perspective of a self-taught long-time audio engineer it sounds good
2: yeah it does It sounds
0: real good. Um, so i was listening to the eagles tower episode of your Links awakening season and you had max nichols on as a guest you know his insight as a level designer is just wonderful that level in particular has a unique design and his input really had me thinking about dungeon layouts in general
3: uh, in a new way. No, Max is incredible and if you don't follow Max on Twitter you really need to go do that because he frequently has highly insightful Twitter threads on a, like a variety of game design topics. Um, he's he's really a, a genius and I love hearing his perspective every time we have one. Um, so Max, and you actually mentioned this earlier, we're kind of spoiled with a rotating cast of really wonderful guests who will yeah. Who, who we don't really have a hard time getting to come on whenever we want them to, um, <laughs> and and that's that's all kind of happened just very coincidentally. Um, I knew all those people before getting into the podcast for the most part, ah, hmm. um, not not personally, but I knew. So like Kylie, we have Kylie on all the time. Yep. Um, She and her husband, obviously she's a big time video game merch photographer now, (laughs) but before any of that was happening, she and her husband, uh, had, uh, they had pledged on my very first Kickstarter for my, for my first ever poster. This was like. This is like 12 years ago Mm -hmm. and they had just like followed all my art ever since then. And, uh, one of like one day, you know, I go and I check out uh, her profile and see the kind of stuff that she creates. And so hit her up to talk to her about, I was like, oh, you do excellent photography and all this other stuff. And so we kind of just became like online friends in that way. Cause we were both creating work that each other was interested in. And then once it came time to, you know, start the podcast, we wanted to have people with informed perspectives on, uh, you know, I just, I had several friends like her that, you know, Nintendo fangirl is another one. Like you sh- you know, we were introduced, mm-hmm. um, for the first time via my artwork and, mm-hmm. uh, get and the conversation develops from there. Max is the same way where, uh, He, Link's Awakening is one of his, I think maybe he says it's his favorite game of all time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He, he clearly loves that game. Yeah. And so when I had done some Link's Awakening art and posted it to Twitter a while back, uh, I see him, you know, commenting on that Twitter thread and I looked at his profile and see that he's a game designer at Bungie. And while Matt and I, we play, um, we've played like, (laughs) <laughs> several several lifetimes of of lesser life forms in Destiny. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of hours. Yeah. Uh and so I when I when I saw that he worked at Bungie, I was just like, sweet, follow. Um and yes, like and so just kind of chatted every now and again just introduced myself and that that like began a dialogue with him and then once it was time to fire up a podcast about zelda i was like well i know at least one person i'm hitting up about that and he was more than happy to come on so that's so cool that's so cool
1: so basically what you should take away from this is that Lyndon does all the networking all the audio (laughs) editing and most of the planning and i'm just here to give snarky commentary and some uh, decent back and forth you're the talent you're the Yeah, talent. Exactly. you're the talent. I'm, you're the talent. He's, he, <laughs> I like these guys. <laughs> they appreciate <Precisely>. me,
2: Lyndon. <laughs> well, speaking of the talent, I mean, can you let us know, where was the talent on last week's episode? I was, I was shocked when oh, I logged in and yes. there was no Matt.
1: I know. So... Uh, so I work in my my actual job is uh, in e-commerce and logistics and one of my main client my main client was having just a massive uh, shipping event mm. we were trying to ship over 1.1 million units of wow. their product in two weeks and so Ooh. I was supervising the night shift at one of our warehouses so um, I had been working the previous week during the day shift at the warehouse and they needed someone to supervise the night shift so I, was, I got signed up for it so uh, as much as Lyndon likes to see say I dipped out on a hard episode that I didn't want to do that was absolutely not the case I would have much rather been here talking about that episode than uh, than doing the night shift in a in a distribution center
3: luckily one of my best friends for ever since college for like f- the last 14 15 years lives I kid you not, eight houses down the street from me Amazing. now. Wow. So he and I, I mean, we see each other like once a week anyway. So uh, he's a big Zelda fan as well and is more than happy to dip onto the podcast every now and again and lend a little extra perspective, so.
2: He did a really, uh, that was That's Mike, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Mike. he did a really nice job, I thought, uh, filling in, so Watch yourself, Matt. I
1: agree. Talent can be replaced. I, I, I actually Uh-oh. listened to the episode and I texted him later and I was like, Mike, you did a fantastic job. Thank you for filling in. Don't get used to it.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little ominous at the end there. I once worked at a bar where they called a staff meeting, and all seven of us in the front of the house sat down and they opened the they opened the discussion with you are all replaceable.
1: Oh man that sounds like a fun meeting yeah and you were like we will they all were like, unionize every
0: <laughs> single one of
1: yeah yeah we will
0: all unionize like we were, like we get paid on the books i mean we're we were working at a bar in queens and they they were like there is bright-eyed talent that gets off a bus every day in manhattan whose dreams are going to be crushed within two weeks and need this job <gasps> more than you <laughs> wow Oh man wow <laughs> I, to be fair, I knew I was safe. They told me that they were going to say all that to the rest of the staff. I was, I was certainly a favorite, but it's still, you know, they, they were like all of you and made some eye contact with me. I don't know if they just wanted a real reaction from me, but they got it. Whoo. Nobody got fired
1: though. It's kind of boring. I was hoping. Oh man, That's like, that's like all bark and no bite, but seriously, welcome to the. Welcome to the 9 to 5 grind, man. Holy cow. Yeah,
0: I know, for real. It was mad rude. They just liked scaring us every now and then, I think.
3: That's one of the things about doing this with with family and especially siblings though is like I don't feel like any of us four are in a position where we could just turn to one of the others and be like, "Off with your head. You're out," right? Like Right. For better or worse, I mean, we're we're lucky we just had a conversation
0: the other day about how despite the challenges we've faced while doing this, our the main goal that we set at the very beginning was it has to be fun. And if it's not fun, we have to completely reevaluate. Right. And we were like, we've been doing this for two seasons and we haven't bitten each other's heads off. I think were Ben's exact words and far from it. I mean, it's been fun. And, and putting that as the focal point, you know.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like one of the things that Lyndon and I really capitalized on when we started working together was like, you know, we we just have fun shooting the shit with each other. So mm. let's just do that about yeah. Zelda. And if you know, if people want to listen in and enjoy that, that's really all that matters, right? We're, we're all yeah. here to have fun. We're yeah. all here cause we love Zelda and like all, all we want to do is just talk about that. And uh, it's really nice that we get to do that with each other. But then, you know, we've got a couple of hundred friends every week who, who dial in and, and listen in and sometimes join in on the discussion. Right. You, you take that, you take that microcosm of sibling uh, banter and you kind of expand that to your, your group of 200 closest friends every week. Right. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: I love it. Speaking of talking amongst yourselves about video games, could you tell our audience, since we're on Ocarina of Time right now, could you talk a little about your experience with that game?
3: Yeah, so I think obviously... We are, we are both 90s kids. You know, I was born in 90 and Matt in 93. So Ocarina of Time was um, was the first main Zelda release that either of us were really old enough to be cognizant of it. Like, so Link's Awakening came out after I was born and, and so did Link to the Past, I think. But like, I w- you know, I was so young, I, w- I would have never known the difference. But when Ocarina of Time came out, yeah, that was like the first game that ever released that I was aware that it was releasing on a specific day and I wanted to get it on that day. Um, and so like, and obviously it was such a big part of our childhoods after that. I mean, we both replayed that game many times. So we went into that season knowing that we had a fair amount of rose colored glasses about that game, but also trying to be as objective Uh about it as possible. Um, and I think kind of what we came away from the season thinking is that, uh, a few notable bits aside, uh, the game really is is still worthy of a lot of the hype that it gets and a lot of the status that it has in the yeah. in the history of games. Like I, we both enjoyed our time with that game, replaying it with a critical eye just as much as we ever had before. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think. Wonderful. I think I have to echo everything you just said, Lyndon. And and what I have found is that. You know, as I've gone back as an adult to play Ocarina of Time, it doesn't lose much. It doesn't lose much. It does lose some, but it doesn't lose very much. There's it's it feels Mm. less large um, now that games like Skyrim or The Witcher or other, you know, really open world games have come out. Like, I remember when I was a kid playing Ocarina of Time, it felt grand and it was just like it felt like a huge game. Um, And now I play it and I'm like, oh, I, I like each each area I can traverse is you know a couple thousand you know steps or whatever, and it doesn't feel too big anymore. But yeah. um, like overall, it's still just the the pacing of the game is so well done the story is great the adventure the uh the mechanics you know pioneering i know i think mario we talked about this in one of the episodes mario 64 was like the first real big 3d game that uh, nintendo did Mm -hmm. to pioneer stuff like z targeting controls and things like that but zelda took that and built on it in such a unique way because it's such a combat focused uh game like you had to use it for swords and and bows and and hook shots and long shots and Um, and in Mario, you really just had to use it for movement and puzzle solving. Well, then they took all of that movement and puzzle solving and adapted it to a combat adventure game and made it work. And so, you you know, when you look at things like that and you remember the time in which it was made on the console in which it was made, you have to kind of marvel at what Nintendo was able to accomplish with that game.
2: Well, yeah, I think we talked a lot about that in our first episode of this season and just how, you know, who, what game right now isn't using lock on targeting, for its fighting
1: right or at least some version of aim assist right like it's it's exactly. something like that and it all yeah. kind of stems from the same direction yeah
3: it's extremely innovative yeah absolutely One, 100 yeah, i think i think that nowadays any criticism that you can really level at ocarina of time is always going to come back to how would how would somebody have done it today or how would somebody have done this thing more recently and like it's especially as as the games get older and older it's hard not to consider that while you're playing it but you also have to set that kind of to one side and evaluate the game in the at least within a certain uh within a certain tolerance you have to evaluate the game on the grounds in which it was created if that makes sense um Like, obviously, there's some... Yeah, definitely. There's some old games that that made bad gameplay decisions, and, like, it was bad then and it's bad now, and you have to be honest about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 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 you know, by the same token, if a game at the time, Ocarina of Time, makes a a variety of excellent gameplay decisions... um, You know they they tend to be kind of timeless. So yeah, it's 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 difficult, uh, especially when you consider that I personally think that N sixty four games like that generation, that first three D generation, N sixty four and PlayStation One, those games have aged less gracefully than even say like Super Nintendo games have yeah. you know
0: <laughs> i i kind of agree with you on that like the polygons and some of the washed out colors and the awkwardness is just so much more apparent whereas on the snes
1: things still feel smooth
3: yeah well and you, you know? have games even now that are like their whole shtick is that they replicate the style of a of an snes right, game pixel you know? art, yeah that's
1: what yeah. i was gonna say is like it, yeah. it's, come, it's almost come full circle back around to where that's like a a, a trope now is you know hyper light drifter or uh, oh, man have you guys played hyper light drifter no
3: no
2: no no i played octopath traveler was kind of like the i played well i played 10 hours of it and then got bored with it but
3: yeah so if uh if you guys are a fan of zelda likes at all games that have kind of similar conventions and gameplay to the zelda series uh go check out hyper light drifter it's on the switch i think it's like 15 bucks on there but um it was one of the it was one of those games that was funded in the whole wave of kickstart um, like when people were kickstarting the heck out of tons of games and lots of them, like people, yeah, yeah. You know, like these people would get ton- hundreds of thousands of dollars and then the game would actually never get released. Um, right. yeah, 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 exactly. I was gonna say, yeah. yikes, yeah, but this one a lot of ball dropping in that, era. yeah, no doubt it was a nightmare. But this one actually went all the way through, got completed into a polished game. Um, and it, it I, the best way I can describe it is, uh, it's it's got top-down Zelda exploration and design, like aesthetic sensibilities, with a higher skill ceiling mm-hmm. on combat. Oh, interesting. Oh, cool.
0: Go check it out. Yeah, that sounds fun. I have some friends, uh, my closest friends, that I am in a Nintendo Switch family online family group with who love um, Hyperlight Drifter. Speaking of which, can we just like slide Go into ahead. this? Um, there's been so much, uh, outrage about the price of the, the Nintendo virtual console expansion pack. Mm. Now I just found my way around it and started a family plan and got a bunch of my friends to sign up. And so it's not expensive at all. But what do you two think about the value of the N64 virtual Are you console outraged? on the switch? So- <laughs>
1: No, not. I, I am personally not. I, so like I said, my, my day job, I'm a business person. So I have to, I look at everything and I try to think about the things that go into that thing, right? Like what, what does it cost Nintendo yeah. to do this, right? And it's, it takes, I don't know the ins and outs of the video game industry nearly as well as my own, but you know, you have to just look at purely the man hours, the labor, the the technology costs, the implementation, the servers. Like there's a lot. There is a lot that goes into video games these days, especially, you know, remasters are almost like making a whole new game in some instances. Like what, what yeah, they did with Link's Awakening sure. was they basically oh, re- oh my they textured every single pixel of that game. Right. You basically at that point are making a whole yeah. new game. Did they even
0: use any bones from the original game i, th-
1: I think just the mechanics like for, li- for yeah Link's awakening. i think it's yeah. just the, the- Link's awakening remaster yeah yeah i think i
3: think that game, i think that game was a ground a ground up deal like obviously
0: i think it was a ground up deal yeah, yeah. they're
3: trying to make everything feel as close as they can to how you remember it but i i, mm-hmm. I think it's a completely new game for all intents and purposes
1: and, and like Skyward Sword is not a new game by any means, but they designed an entirely no. new control mechanism. They they transitioned, they right. added in not only motion, but stick and buttons. So that's a whole new feature. They completely redid the way that you interact with Fee. They retextured every pixel of that game, which is a massive graphics overhaul. Wow. Like literally the work that Nintendo puts into their games. So no. for the long winded answer of, am I outraged about it? (laughs) Not at all because they put so much work into these games, into these things that they give to us, their fans and their people deserve to make a living wage. Their people deserve to be compensated for their efforts. And I am all about paying people, uh, to do their jobs and paying them fairly and in a way that they feel rewarded. So I'm
3: yes. uh, Yes. He, Matthew is right. I'm going to diverge from his answer just a bit. Um, I'm not outraged. What I am is disappointed, um, and not even necessarily because of the price. Uh, if Nintendo wants to release virtual console titles through the Switch eShop um, for a certain amount of money per year, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, I never had an issue paying, however, I think it was like the 20 bucks a year f- to get Switch online. And then get all the NES and SNES games. And like, sure, you know, yeah. the common criticism is that, well, this is like the fifteenth time I've bought this game on a different system, right? And <laughs> and like sure, I get that, but also That's more you of know, a testament to like how good the games are that you want to
2: keep buying them on different systems. Like that's not Nintendo's that's, problem. That's that's a you yes. problem.
3: <laughs> no, that's exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. I mean, that that only stems from the fact that you like that game enough to rebuy it that many times. So right. um do I think that Nintendo could do things uh, that are a bit more customer forward in terms of like a continuing ecosystem of software ownership like the way that Xbox does? Absolutely. I think that would be great. The trouble is that Nintendo does a lot of very Nintendo things for better or worse. And if you're going to be a fan of Nintendo, you just have to kind of accept that as being – fact like nintendo will do things that baffle the heck out of you uh on a decently regular basis now when i say that i'm disappointed about the nintendo 64 deal specifically i'm not disappointed that it costs a lot i mean and you know th- this kind of gets blown out of proportion a little bit people say it's like oh 50 dollars a year to play a few n64 games it's like okay back up one uh, it's thirty dollars a year. Once you add it to the twenty bucks you're already paying for the Switch Online membership you already have, uh, and this is for a single member plan, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, th- so there's that. It's still a lot of money. Um, my thing is, I would be totally fine paying that if they had managed to circumvent a lot of the technical issues that it seems like those games are having
0: right like unfortunately they are buggy yeah and
3: i I already got (laughs) laggy
2: and we added a new we added a new uh section to our podcast called zelda minute for this season and i've already been pinged multiple by multiple people that i must cover fog
3: gate as it is now known as uh, in my zelda minute so. <laughs> yeah yeah well and, all right and it's ridiculous right because like all the all this is is emulation all all that you're playing is an emulated copy of their of their old hardware um they're not right. they're not doing anything new to it it's just being emulated on the switch right, so right. if you're going to do that then have some have some quality control and make sure that it's being emulated up to the standard of the original cartridge. Game on your Nintendo 64. Um, the other, you know, you're yeah, right. You're right. The other part of the, the the other part of this for me. So I personally am not forking over, and I'm usually the first one to give Nintendo new money for anything. um <laughs> I am not forking over the extra money for this, even though I was very excited about it as a as an idea. For two reasons. One, it seems like half of the cost of this thing is tied in with the Animal Crossing DLC. The, the massive dlc that animal crossing mm. and and that comes with this plan yeah. and so like obviously if i was a big animal crossing player then there would be more value in that for me but i'm not so like half of the value of this thing is kind of gone right off the top for me um mm-hmm. and then the other thing is that of the list of games that they have on this service and have said that will be coming to this service the ones that interested me the most were Star Fox ocarina of time majora's mask Banjo-Kazooie and Mario Kart 64. And with mm-hmm. the exception of Mario Kart 64, I am able to play all of those things on other systems that I currently own, like as, especially right. my 3DS. Like if like if you've got a 3DS, you can play better versions of Star Fox, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask than the ones that are being emulated on the Switch Virtual Console.
0: Do you like the 3DS version over say the original or the GameCube? Yes, or? yes I do.
2: Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I think they're. Oh yeah, you you prefer. Yeah, that I mean too? the the textures have been upgraded in a way that makes them more pleasing without taking anything away from the nostalgic feel of the game, and then they made uh-huh. just some small quality of life changes. Uh, in particular, um, thinking about like the um, um, how you can equip the iron boots with like a tap instead of having to go to the equipment screen. Uh, that really
1: oh, that really okay. kind of
2: helps the water temple level just function a lot more smoothly. They, they also added in some kind of like, and I think Max talked about this in your episode, some like color coordinated or some some more directionality once you're in the, the water temple on uh, how to uh, get what you're looking for. Um, and so they made some like quality of life changes like that that I thought only improve on the game um, and don't really – take away from anything that as a you know normal player of the game I find is interesting cool
1: yeah so I think I think I love everything about what they did with the Ocarina of Time 3ds remaster I don't like the Majora's Mask 3d remaster personally mm. um, I think visually huh it's appealing just in the same way that ocarina of time is but um the changes that they made to boss mechanics throughout for all four bosses um all four main bosses uh, it t- really takes away a lot of uh from that game for me as well as the changes to like link uh, to zora link and goron link like i don't mm. i just don't love the things that they did to uh to some of those core mechanics uh, from Majora's Mask, but I think the Ocarina of Time uh, 3DS is really fantastic. Uh, I yeah. love it a lot.
3: Well, I will say that the value of the N64 online thing becomes a lot greater for me if the if that recent leak is to be, to be believed that they've got this crazy list of all these other games that are coming to it. The big ones for me are, um, so if it's, if it's true that they're planning on drip feeding all three N64 Mario parties into that service. Oh, that would oh be awesome. Oh my <gasps> <God>.
0: Yes! <laughs> that would be life-changing, especially Especially if I could play with my homies in other places. Yeah, I mean. it would That would
3: be wonderful. At that point, that extra cost uh, comes to be worth much, much more to me. I would still have a difficult yeah, time yeah. getting around the fact that like uh, th- the Animal Crossing of it, you know, like I'm going to have a difficult time paying sure. that extra money knowing that half of it is going towards the value of the Animal Crossing DLC no matter what. I really think I. Yeah. I I understand why they didn't separate those things out because, like, they want that money. But, um, but come on, I mean, like, let me buy the N64 games yearly separate from the Animal Crossing DLC. Well, I'm just wondering. I mean, in my mind, though,
2: I mean, just trying to like think through this. So, you know, would you be willing to? I mean, most people would pay thirty dollars for a a a large DLC like that, right? But I guess they'd only pay like one time would be the the biggest difference. Um. But in my mind, I mean, I, I, I may be on the other side of this, but, you know, I think I've found that $30 additionally for the annual rate really, in, in, in my mind, I think the way they rolled it out was a, a failure of marketing. Because if you look at all of the subscriptions that you partake in, you know, on a regular basis, right, I think they're always framed in the what you pay per month. And I think if they would have came out and said, hey, anyone existing for four extra dollars a month, you know, you can get access to these 30 games or or whatever they are at the current moment. I think that more people would have been like, oh, four bucks a month. Like, that's not a big deal. But like people just see like 50 is like whoever on their team got, did all the currency conversions and then landed on, oh, it's going to be 50 US dollars. Was this a big dummy? Like, this is such a poor decision (laughs) from a um, like in my mind, you know, from a, from a business perspective, I mean like people hate round numbers, like 50 people love numbers, like 49 or $4 a month. Like that's where, like that's where you hook people in. Right. And I, you know, I think that, you know, it'll probably blow over, over some time and people, or people will do like what Patrick did and have a group of eight people who he knows they're all in a family plan. Or if we find out in the, in the distant future that they are going to roll out additional DLCs for free that come with this. That's where it would be really interesting to see. I mean, you know, animal crossing is a flagship, you know, game of theirs. And the fact that they're giving, I mean, one way to see of it, like if you're already, if you're interested in the N64 Sega bit of it, you're essentially getting Animal Crossing DLC for free or vice versa. You know, that's probably a large fan base. And if they can come out with another DLC for like one or two games, like over the next like two or three years that's sitting there, like maybe we get like a Mario Kart game for the Switch and they come out with DLCs there, you know, I think they will, you know, be on the other side of this and you know be be happy with those choices but yeah right now it seems like it's uh just i think a lot of poor i i think it's poor marketing for the most part
3: i will say i agree i agree with you um so if there was for instance to be some dlc for so like breath of the wild had the champions ballad dlc mm-hmm. um if breath of the wild 2 comes out and they have their dlc for that and it's lumped into the expanded online plan the way the Animal Crossing one was, well then that becomes a whole different ball game for me personally. Like so I guess that is th- that that element of the value proposition is 100% down to like, you know, the individual tastes of the players that you're marketing to. Um which again, I think that's like a clumsy way to market it, right? But in fairness to Nintendo, tons and tons and tons of people play Animal Crossing, so maybe it's not like that that much of a stretch, but
0: Yeah, I don't play Animal Crossing, but again, I I got around the fifty dollars thing, and I I don't mind giving Nintendo my money. That really doesn't it doesn't bum me out. I know that like when they announce a game, it's probably not going to come out when they tell us it's going to come out the first time. You well, know? that's because
2: they don't you know they don't crunch right. They don't do a lot of the other things. You know, I think you know one of the comments I just wanted to make on what Matt said earlier was talking about just kind of like you know paying people for the work they're doing right, and yeah, in my mind. You know, this is a new revenue stream for Nintendo that is going to allow them to continue to pay their developers, pay their employees, play their executives, you know, good, solid wages, not go into crunch mode. Do things like, I mean, I don't think many game studios would take something like Metroid Prime 4. I mean, like, it's in development. We're not happy with it. We're scrapping the entire thing. We're going to start over. And it's still going to take us just as long to get it done. But they do that because it seems like culturally they are more structured that way as compared to some of the other game studios that we've just heard horror stories come out of when it comes to to crunch and what that does to the the people that are working at the studios.
3: Yeah. I like it. Well, I mean, the thing is, like when you talk about Zelda games specifically, sure, those those each get delayed several times before they finally come out. Always. Always and and like who gives a crap because has there ever been a bad yeah. Zelda game like <laughs> no <laughs> right exactly
2: okay. and that's the thing right i mean their worst game might be an 8 yeah you know what i mean yeah like an arguable 8 and that's pretty incredible for, uh, for a for for an entire franchise so
1: like Lyndon and i have said uh, even the worst zelda game is still one of the best video games out there so um yeah like yeah <laughs> it just is what it is so play zelda 2 and uh, see if that holds firm there right that's, that's okay I'm... well that's that's fair that's totally fair
2: we
0: <laughs> haven't done that yet <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm like what are we gonna talk about it so i was excited for the virtual console to drop but Not nearly as excited as I am when a new system drops. I know that I was standing in line to get a Switch at midnight when it came out. Do you two have any memories of, like, the day that you bought a console? Did
3: you ever wait in line at night at the store? So, I've gotten a lot of games, at midnight on release um i have not done Mm -hmm. that with consoles a whole bunch i think i'm trying to remember uh, all the main consoles i've ever had there was the n64 xbox 360 uh xbox one um had a wii i didn't get any of those even within their first two months on the market um uh except for the switch, which I absolutely got day one. I had it pre-ordered. Yeah. I was like doors open. I went in and grabbed my copy. Um, I was so so excited for the Switch because I think we were all like we were all in such a down place with Nintendo coming off of the Wii U, right?
0: Yeah, and the the general vibe was
3: don't mess this next one up or you're going to not be Nintendo anymore in our hearts. And that was like a real fear. And I mean like yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys remember the Switch, like we we think of it now as this crazy unmitigated success, like truly one of the most successful consoles Nintendo's ever created and certainly one of the most loved and widely widely adopted but that was very much not a foregone conclusion in the lead up to its launch like there were still a lot Mm. of naysayers out there who were just like you know uh well sure it looks kind of cool but sorry about the train over here by the way no that's great it's all good Are you guys on the trains. patio today it's like 65 degrees outside oh, tonight, gorgeous so. that's great that's great
0: little train ambiance never hurt anybody <laughs> yeah
3: and, unless you're trying to record a podcast in which case it, <laughs> it could stand to like chill out a bit but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever but anyway so but like yeah there were naysayers who were like yeah i mean can we really trust nintendo to get this one right and the thing is the switch comes out sure it's only got a few games that you can really play on it it's kind of feature light but it did the one thing that it was advertised to do flawlessly it was a hybrid system you can dock it yep. and then you can immediately pick it up and play it handheld and it works like magic and two it launched with what some would call what 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 i what i would call the greatest video game of all time and i think what Ooh.
1: what what most
3: people would say is one one of the greatest video games of all time in breath of the wild yeah yeah it, it was
0: It was incredible. I mean, I also got Bomberman, and I don't know why I got Bomberman because I've never really enjoyed Bomberman that much. But it was fun. I like put it in. I played it for three seconds and was like, "Okay, can we play Zelda (laughs) now, please?" I think I had to wait until my friend came over. My friend Tim. We were like determined to play it together. Yeah, I wanted to get like, I wanted to hold it in my hands, you know, and like. If if it didn't work, I wanted it to not work with that Bomberman. Yeah,
3: my Switch was essentially a, a Breath of the Wild machine <laughs> for that first three months. Yeah, but then there was that crazy Renaissance yeah. where like indie developers figured out that you could put your indie game on the Switch and it would sell like three times what it sells on any other platform combined. Uh huh. And then there were lots of great ones to choose from, like Hyperlight Drifter and Shovel Knight and all that. Like so many great indie games. Ooh, so, Shovel Knight! Yeah, I played great. that recently.
0: Shovel Knight gets a lot of mechanics from. Uh, the adventure of like top down stabby boy. Yeah, the top down yeah. stabby boy. The
1: thrust, the thrust,
2: the up as and the down tour. thrust.
1: Oh, we always love a good. We always love a good stabby boy. I love <laughs> good
2: stabby boy. <laughs> oh, and just kind of randomly, uh, Troidal Power wanted to tell you that uh, that you are absolute treasures uh, to them. Just well, so you know. Troidal
1: Power, you are a treasure to us as well. We hear we hear the treasure song anytime you come around. Da na 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 na. Thank you Turtle <laughs> Power. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect.
2: Perfectly on pitch. I know and well, Patrick will fix it in post, which is great, you know what I mean? That's the
0: best thing. I'll that just fix it in post. I'll auto tune myself in post. <laughs> in post. And I'm the and I'm the I'm the musically inclined one of the two of us, but I never claim to be a singer. <laughs> I think that in our in our intro, I have been doing the banana. Do. No, I think that's do. I think that's you because you're just like you can't sing. It's, it's so funny. funny. Yeah. I love so, it. So you know, as we- it invites everybody else <laughs> yeah, to try. Absolutely.
2: This. Um, yeah. So just as we look to kind of wrap here at the uh, at the top of the hour. What um? Was there anything else that you got? That you guys were uh, you know thinking on? You know that you want to kind of promote, talk about? Uh, you know coming up with? Uh, I know you have a yeah, you have, you'll have a new season coming out sometime relatively soon. Anything you want to tell folks about?
1: Yeah, I think really uh, our biggest thing is uh, we're wrapping up Skyward Sword, our our third season of the podcast. We've got uh, we're actually about to record the uh, Skykeep and the Demise boss fight uh, tonight. Uh, And then next week we're going into our, uh, you know, Sacred Realms recap episode where we're going to just kind of give our overall thoughts of the game and uh, rank it wherever we believe that it lands on our list. Uh, Right now it's going up against Ocarina of Time and Link's Awakening. So not not a huge list, but both real stacked games. So, uh, it'll be be interesting to see where that lands. Um, but other than that, I think really our only thing is, uh, we, you know, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you feel so inclined, our, our Patreon, uh, all of them are sacred realms pod or at sacred realms. Um, so just give us a, give us a follow, send us some DMS, tag us on Twitter. We like to get into conversations with you guys. Yeah, Our, uh,
3: so episode one of season four, which is sure looking like a link to the past at this point, yeah. uh, will be dropping on Wednesday, November 17th. So cool. there's that. There's that. Well, thank you, Matt and Lyndon, so much for joining us. It's truly been a pleasure
0: getting to know you. And thanks everyone at home for listening. Make sure to check out the Sacred Realms podcast, and we'll see you next time for another episode of...
1: Rule as <laughs> yes.
2: I love it. I love it.
0: Thanks for plugging into this week's episode of Hyrule Podcasters! Hey, If you like what you're hearing and want to support us directly, you can head over to our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive Discord benefits, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. If you'd like updates,
2: you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hyrule Podcasters, and Twitter at Hyrule Podcaster. Links to everything can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to play along with us, you can find Ocarina on Nintendo Switch's Virtual Console. It's also available on the N64, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, and there's a remastered version you can play on the 3DS.
0: Let us know how you're enjoying the game. Please do. And be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen. As always, this episode was
2: produced by your co-host, Patrick, and we'd like to thank LT Headtrip for composing
0: original music for the podcast, including our theme song. Join us next week as we continue our journey through the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time.
3: And action!
0: Yes. Speaking of marketing, who is that over there? Uh, Is somebody trying to sell us something on this episode? Uh,
2: Did he join the audience? All the way from, is he hanging out with Bill and the baby? Uh, Oh my gosh, it's Beetle. What is
0: he doing? I don't know, let's see what he's going to sell us this week. All right, we're we, we're just doing an ad break real quick. <laughs> I totally forgot to do that. A half an hour in, half I don't, I don't know how long we're
1: we've we've fifty there. minutes into the episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. The... I'm like looking at the time. Like I think I maybe I'll sneak sneak it in there earlier. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't, Nobody cares. Oh man. Um, we usually don't
2: do ads <laughs> on the interviews either. Just say so you no, know, Patrick.
0: Oh, we usually don't do we ads don't. on the no, interviews. Let them roll. Well, well uh, does anybody need to uh, take a Two second break before we come no. back in. We're good. All right. I'm good. Okay, we're coming back in. Here we go.
2: Um,
0: Thanks, Beetle? Beetle. You
2: picked a really, really interesting time to jump in there uh, to try and sell us something, <laughs> right? Right when uh, I sound like Matt was gonna uh, reflect on the uh,
3: the failed marketing efforts of Nintendo. I think we got. I think we lost the train of thought over here. I will say, I agree.